Business is all about focus, they'll tell you. Focus on one product, one service, one customer profile, maybe one geography. But what if you want to do it all? What if you don't want to limit yourself and instead want to sell a range of products or services, aiming for the widest market possible? Can you even be successful that way? Well, today we are talking to Sahil Mehta of Embros Overseas, who has not one or two, but actually multiple brands in multiple areas spanning skincare, nutrition, fitness, women's care, baby care. I mean, men, women, babies. Well, that's about the widest market that I can think of. And he's going to tell us how he got started down this path and how he manages his portfolio of brands profitably. But first, a couple of reminders. Please do follow Shop Talk so you don't miss any of our great content or any of the great guests that we have coming up. And do remember to join our community on crazytalk.online so you can get in touch with our guests, download all our episode summaries, and access other bonus content that you can't really get anywhere else. These summaries, to be honest, are a gold mine of advice and insights from successful business owners such as Sahil uh, that every entrepreneur or wannabe entrepreneur really must read. So with that said, Sahil, thank you so much for joining us today. Maybe before we begin, you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your business, how you got started. Hi, Amit. Thank you for inviting me on Shop Talk. And as you said, this is a really a gold mine for several entrepreneurs as a learning journey to begin with, I would say. So, I'm the founder and director of Embers Overseas, as you said, I have founded several brands ranging from personal care to lifestyle and health and nutrition. And I began my journey by entering into the e-commerce uh, segment. Uh, while I was in the e-commerce segment, I learned designing, development, WordPress, HTML, everything, dropshipping, and that's how I entered into all these e-commerce segment uh, way back. And I also learned SEO, whatever scripts and also I learned the entire coding and everything so that I could, could do independently because when I was starting up my business, I didn't have any kind of employees or who could do all my work and everything. So everything I in fact learned Ayurveda, learned health from my dad, studied several remedies from books, even in fact I my website, one of my first website I developed, I completely wrote the entire content, several blogs, several pages. And after that, I wrote multiple websites. So that's how I entered into this segment. And, and ever since that, I've been into the e-commerce and personal care space of health and lifestyle, educating people and learning myself about several things. I learned that there is a, so much of lack of ingredients being used by other companies. They are not using one of the main actives which are required. And they're also not disclosing what all ingredients they are adding, the percentage of the main actives, how effective that product would be. Hmm. So all these factors led me and the price range was rocket high and without knowing what is added in that product and what percentage. So everything was just a marketing gimmick and that made me enter to all these kind of products and segments where I could deeply dive into all these ingredients and then launch products to offer something better. I mean, this is really interesting. You've not only self-taught yourself the whole, basically the industry and then the products themselves, you also taught yourself or rather learned through your work how to run an e-commerce 
company and everything that e-commerce requires so are you trying to emulate like the these days it's called dt uh, d2c brands the direct to consumer kind of brands so is that what you're kind of trying to go after yeah d2c is a new term which is there earlier it used to be b2b and b2c so i am from the era where we started from b2c and then entered into the d2c sector right okay yeah that's true so always good to have new acronyms so it's impressive that you did everything yourself and you said that when you first started you used to do all the work by yourself is it like from website to product development and everything yeah so in the initial stages but when i entered the launched a brand so when i launched the company embro services that time i had a good staff with me i i could able to uh, hire more resources i could, i was able to train them and uh, get things more practically done in a better way okay so let's talk about your early days right so when you first got started what were like the first few things that you did and how were you feeling when you first got going see it's always been very challenging to start a new company and being especially from a very small town panchkula it's chandigarh so people those days were not very much aware about how things work on e-commerce how how do we sell on e-commerce platforms how do we as you know that time people were also very reluctant to buy products online Mm. and delivery challenges were there warehouse challenges were there in fact even marketplace were uh, learning how indian country would how india would they were establishing in the country like they were own resolving their bugs and issues right. so there were so many kind of challenges right here and there even challenges are right now as well because every day we face some or the other challenge and then we overcome it and then move it to the next step So this is an always a learning procedure and a learning stage and every day every month we come across new and new things and we have to overcome these challenges whether it's a beginning or whether it's in the middle stage or we are a pro prover right so uh, what are some of the sort of let's say guiding principles or something that you've employed to keep you going through all of this see uh, guiding principles means uh, i was trained myself I myself, as I said, was a designer, developer, and had an e-commerce background. Mm. So I became one of their teachers to teach them, to guide them, and to do most of the work myself, and then train my staff to take over the work, roasters and all. So our first focus was to launch the products, launch the brands, and then we started with the cosmetic section. We began a journey with the personal care cosmetics and. the challenges were to tie up with several manufacturers in the country and i always believed that we have to deal or i have to deal with top end manufacturer only because if i am getting a product manufactured from some other person i have i have to be totally assured of the quality of the product i have to deal with only the best one i cannot just compromise by dealing with uh, any small manufacturer compromising on quality or just because they can do a small mock you i i should take to them no our first aim was to tie up with the top end manufacturers of the country to convince them to have make them believe in us and that's how we began our journey with personal care we set up the team over here and i we trained the staff to do all kind of activities and so this is how we began that time so Wow. in fact one of the questions i have is around what you just said about top end manufacturers I think it's an interesting piece of advice because when people are starting out and they don't have too much money maybe to begin 
it would be a natural temptation to go to whoever's giving you the cheapest service versus the best service so number one how did you convince these manufacturers to work with you because i'm sure they work with a lot of big brands and number two is how were you able to afford them or what are some of the trade offs you made when you went to these better manufacturers so it was very challenging and difficult they we used to pay them money for so doing the sampling even we used to it was very difficult to reach even to the corporate offices some had the corporate corporate offices bombay bangalore and production facility was in himachal asimsanar so it was very challenging to get hold of the directors to make them believe i had to do several kind of visits with them Mm. and ultimately a yes, smaller mqs of and a wider range promise and a repeat orders promise we had to convince them and they had they believed in us after doing several kind of follow ups they got to believe in us that yes they should give it a try maybe they used to charge a higher amount for what these we were trying to buy but our concept was we wanted to launch several new things and they were very keen in doing that new things with us because these kind of requirements they were not getting that time that new ingredients to explore new products to explore and doing things in a new packaging so these were the kind of things they were very they were liking and they were made them keen to do work with us wow this is a really good insight uh, sahil not heard this from others so far which is even if you're going to larger manufacturers whom you might think you know they do everything and so why would they care about you and they'll just charge you, you the money if you just go to them and say you need the same product in the market of course they would say why why would they show interest in that kind of brand if you just go to them oh this is a new ingredient which they might have heard about they might might be knowing that it's doing very well in the international countries but there's so much demand upcoming in their country and if they're getting this kind of requirement for the first time and they get to hold of doing things differently obviously they'll say yes we'll be able to work with you so that's the kind of difference that's really good insight sahil i'm, yeah. I'm sure most people won't have thought of things that way you're right ultimately even the big company wants to do new things because otherwise yeah. they'll also become backward and people yeah. will stop working with them so tell me more about the whole product planning process how did you decide on your first product and how did you like what were the steps you had to go through to bring it to market and maybe what were some of the issues you faced back then see the first product is always the main ingredient which you believe that has to be the hero ingredient of your brand so first product and the second and the range is always dependent on the hero ingredients of your brand so basis on which you have made your brand your model and and the concepts in your mind so those are always the first products and they are very difficult to work upon because we always believed that we have to do something innovative and we have to do something different from the market we don't have to follow the market the market has to follow us that's mm-hmm. always the aim we work at and so we we face different kind of challenges in sourcing that ingredient the manufacturers face challenges in sourcing that ingredient there's a time consuming process in working with that ingredient whether it's a health product whether it's a personal care if it's health care we work on the percentages to be used we work on different flavors to be used we work on different fragrances to be used or different ingredients which can be added along with that and was it more difficult the first time you did it and now obviously you have a running operation so it's easier to launch new products what were some of the starting troubles that you had 
see the launching a new product that time was also the same stage and today also it is on the same stage because right now the market has evolved so much like uh, so many entrants have already come up now and market is full of so many products now the opportunities untapped are getting minimized uh, day by day but the only opportunities now left are the things which are only coming from china to develop over here in a better way in a more innovative way to do it from india so even now we face these kind of challenges and how we have to do things differently and how to source new manufacturers to get things done in india rather than importing anything so even right now i have been working on several different categories which has taken more than 6 months to find the right manufacturer the best manufacturer so it takes a lot of time to enter into a new category where we have to deal with the right kind of manufacturer who can understand your product the your new concept and who has the capacity and capability of doing that kind of category oh okay because i was actually going to ask you why would you need to look for new manufacturers if you already have trusted existing ones but i think it's because they don't work in that category is it yeah it's it's always better to when you're launching a totally different categories it's always better to look for a new manufacturer why to put all the your categories into your existing manufacturer itself because they are already burdened with your existing category and variants of those categories are coming up the repeat orders of those categories coming up So actually this leads me to another question I was hoping to ask which is you have a very wide portfolio right it's not focused only on men or only on women or or children it's not only skin care it's also nutrition so how do you manage such a diverse portfolio of things doesn't it lead to a lot of complexity or is there some way maybe at the back end or something that you are able to consolidate things and make it more streamlined the i consider them as only two things two categories health and beauty see so there are health kind health manufacturers who might deal with and then there are beauty manufacturers who might deal with. Mm. but there are several different categories so it gets divided but when i started i wanted to start both of them health and beauty because beauty was also one of my interests and health also i had studied all those things so whatever products i daily come across daily use myself that, that was my main interest of uh, using those kind of products or uh, taking those kind of medicines and supplement in a better way because that time i was not able to find any kind of good stuff like which i can trust on which i can say yes this is a best product or a better product so that made me lead to all these kind of products and categories till today I'm using all my products, all my beauty and cosmetics and health products. My entire family uses all those products, and from there itself, I get several kind of ideas, concepts which I which are then explored whether they'll be able to work in the country or not. But your family, yourself, need your requirement is the first step which made me to think about those kind of products, whether they are available or not. This is actually an important point. If you can be a user of your own product, that I think helps a lot because yeah, uh, you get ideas from there. And if it because doesn't work, sometimes you are using an international brand, and when you question why you are using this international brand, why it's not available in the country, you'll get an answer. You don't get this. This is quality in the country. But that's the main uh, answer you get. So that makes you lead that you can then make a better product than the international. Uh, Product in India, 
so that makes me to lead to that kind of product because their product has a demand the family is using the friends are using but the same equivalent quality is not available in the market okay so your inspiration for new products comes from using something that is international some international brand yeah. and then wondering why an equivalent thing is not there in india yeah. and if you're able to spot that gap then you try to get into it assuming it is yeah. health or beauty related yeah so you know when you first got started obviously to run a business especially a profitable one you have to get customers but you are sitting in a fairly i would say out of the way location in india you're not exactly in mumbai or something like that how did you plan your customer acquisition how did you get your first few customers so marketplaces was one of the first methods we deployed to enter into this e-commerce sector mm. and amazon flipkart snapdeal all these kind of platforms helped us to approach new customers to showcase them the product and at a much affordable expense rate okay because you didn't have the whole cost of trying to build out a yeah. like a real yeah. physical presence and see so even yeah. if you pay commission to these platforms it still works out better yes, yeah because that time we believed that if we launch our own website right and then promote those websites we won't be able to scale that much which way we can uh, do it in a better way on marketplace that time because marketplace were spending so much amount those days in the marketing to get new customers and If you are one of the new players over there, if you are one of the only players over there, then you are taking the benefits out of their marketing expense. You're right. I mean, if you're starting from scratch, you might as well ride on somebody else's kind of uh, visibility. Yeah, marketing yes. expense. So then you got to some kind of scale, and then that scale gave you enough, I guess, cash flow to then build yeah. out your own presence. Yeah. And then, how did you go about building up your own presence? Like, is it that you're still predominantly marketplace oriented, or is it now move more to your own websites or, or retail presence? So now, marketplace is now a broader term. It is much uh, broader than not just Amazon, Flipkart. It is more than twenty marketplaces now. So, mm. marketplace is a very. It is now kind of an. Uh, you say you have twenty distributors. Who are, uh, <laughs> That's right. Distributing your product, so so it is now a very broad term. And along with that, then we have built up our own business through our own website, social media, influencer networks, and all. Actually, let me ask you a kind of bit of a tactical question here. So earlier, of course, you were dependent on the marketplace or distributor model, but today you are not. You do have your own D two C things, or or you have retail. So do you actively try to do something where you acquire a customer through a marketplace but then somehow bring them for the next order you're able to bring them to your own channels? No, we never do that because it is is the policy as well. No, neither we intend to do that customer should buy from here or there. It is we are selling a product and even if a marketplace is charging us 20 30% even our own expense to bring the customer to our website is 20 30%. Okay. So customer should be able to buy from the nearest place, from the nearest, with the comfort zone, and that is what we believe. Okay, so again, talking about the marketplaces, right? When you first got started, I'm sure it was okay. Let me just list something, you know, write some stuff, put maybe a photograph, and then that's it. How did you evolve from there, or what are some of the things you've learned about marketplace listings that other people could benefit from? We have to do things differently, different from what your competitors are doing it, and you have to see what the other brands are doing 
how they're doing and what better things you can do from them, whether it's the titles, whether it's the images, whether it's the price point, whether it is the uh, display page, because the customer only wants to see the image, your features, main features which you have given and how beautifully you have highlighted your key factors why one should buy that product in a precise way that you have only five seconds to display everything and in those five to ten seconds you should be able to convince customer to stay further to read everything and start making trust in your product and your page in this thing. Right, so you're trying to create trust in the page through essentially every element of it, the photo, the copy, all of that has to build up to the fact that this is a real and quality product and therefore mm-hmm. you should trust. It has to keep changing with new and new things and new and new ideas which you come across because you just can't make it once and then forget it for years. You have to keep changing with Okay, got it. So not only do you have to set it up and be, I think, pretty intentional about it, you also have to keep updating all this content. How often do you think one should update listings on these platforms? We always try to do it once a year or one and a half years. We always try to entirely change the listing. Oh, okay. So like a full refresh. You must have, I'm, I'm guessing, hundreds of SKUs on these platforms. So let's talk a little bit about the team side. We've talked so much about the product. So on the team front, you said that you started out solo and then, you know, by the time you launched your products, you had a few team members and so on. So how did you make your first few hires? Were they all local from Chandigarh or from where you are? Or were they from elsewhere and why did they join you? I had all the local staff only and what our strategy was to hire the freshers. Because the freshers and people who have intellectual level, who are educated and have good qualifications, those were a preference because we were able to mold them according to our requirement. They became a long-term resources, long-term resource who could be, who could sustain with us, who could be there with us in the long run. Once we trained them, then they were able to grasp more things. They were able to do things practically, and they, even we learned several new things along with them. And so, journey is all about learning. We learn things each day. They learn new new things each day, and together we make a better way out. So today it's much easier. Today you have so much of work from home facility has started. You can hire anyone across the country or maybe the world and just ask them to work from home from their destination place. There's no need to come to relocate as well. People are not opting for relocation. They are preferring work from home these days. Right. Actually, how do you adapt to that kind of world? Because your world should be heavily manufacturing oriented, right? So, are you comfortable with this work from home and remote work setup? Yeah, yeah, we are, it, we are comfortable with work from home because we are able to get more useful resources that way. More people have more experience and more talent and they generally lead the team. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that's that's really good to yeah. know. I mean, you've actually made a benefit out of this whole yeah. situation. Okay, and you mentioned something about you bring in freshers and then they learn and then they eventually start learning things by themselves. How have you created this magic? Like, what are you looking for in these freshers? Because not not all freshers are created so equal. The, these freshers they were used to be in the earlier stages when we were starting the company. But now you get sources who are having like one year experience, three years, five years, ten years. Mm-hmm. So depending on them, depending on the requirement, 
we are able to hire a mid level or maybe a junior or maybe a senior this is mm. the requirement because every company has their own way of working see you cannot just ask any senior or mid level to join your company and start doing things he was doing over there right you have to tell them you have this is the way of our doing this is our method these are because you have to again train them you have to tell them each and everything again that this is how we do this is how we report this is how we take the production take the productivity this is how we are measuring the things so you have to train them guide them whether it's a senior or whether it's a mid level it's the one and same thing and when a new person joins do you have some sort of an onboarding program or a training program or is it on the job kind of learning yeah we have seniors in house now for and then there are team leaders so, so they are able to take off uh, take over all these duties and so this training is almost like 6 months to 1 year maybe more sometimes take more than that because we have to and then that uh, resource becomes very strong pillar who can compete with any person across the country any senior leader actually also speaking about talent nowadays i know a lot of business owners are finding it difficult nowadays to hire and also to retain talent because people especially from work from home you know they can move around more easily so are you facing similar challenges and uh, do you have any ways that you're trying to retain your best people see if the resource find there's nothing more to learn over here if the salaries are not good or maybe the facilities are not good or the main thing is i i believe that people don't look at the facility or the or they, they see the learning stages they are doing the kind of work they are doing whether it is a business work whether it is what kind of work they are doing what kind of learning they are getting into what kind of responsibilities or maybe the how the management is and how the team leaders are there how good they are scaling in the company i i believe the personal growth matters in all these things so that makes one retain the employee rather than if you have a large scale company and your just manager is handling 15 employees so over there i believe there will be issues coming up because people are could be just reporting to managers and just doing the same kind of activities there and there maybe their ideas are not appreciated or the work is not put into in with the great depth sahil this is a good way of looking at things often i guess small business owners feel like well we are small and so therefore the best talent will want to go to other places larger companies they paid more and stuff but you're saying actually smallness is an advantage which is you're able to give better attention to people it's yeah. a smaller group of people they are have, able to connect with us more effectively yeah connect more have bigger scope yeah. learn more things this is good i think this is a very interesting viewpoint and one that maybe at least i hadn't considered earlier it's a it's a good way of looking at things so i think sahil some somewhere well before this conversation you'd mentioned that you're a profit not only a profitable company you've been profitable right from the start so uh, that's obviously an amazing achievement to be profitable from day one and especially when you're selling physical goods because i'm sure you have to manufacture there's inventory there is storage costs uh, sales teams what not so initially what were some of the challenges that you faced meeting profitability targets and how did you actually overcome all of that see so our always uh, in was to be in a profitable situation whether we have to compromise on mqs or whether we have to compromise on the marketing aspect we always believed we have to 
make such a product which is different from the market people give more attention to that kind of product and where we have to do less of marketing so that factor and the pricing has to be set accordingly that all these factors are taken into consideration your placement and your product costings and all kind of expenses i never see the competition pricing because i know what product i am making if the competition is selling for 500 i won't be reluctant to even make it for 1500 because i know the product i am making and at what price i would be profitable i don't have to see they might be selling at a loss they might be getting a funding to sell at that kind of price i have to see myself i have to see my business and how i can sell at that price and how i can differentiate from that because every product has a placement the bags have a placement cars have a placement everything is differentiated from the features of the packaging so it is not that a product 500 ka aa gaya to sare product 500 ke hi aayenge it it is a level level of differentiation the product differentiation will be 500 and 1050 to 200 and 2000 and 5000 also essentially you are saying two things here one is you should price it in a manner that you will be profitable not worrying about what the other price points are in the market and that pricing should be defensible based on how different your product yeah. is or the features of that product and the second thing is there are some things that you make the trade offs which is like you said initially maybe you won't have spent so much on marketing and you needed to put the product in a manner where it markets itself effectively and so therefore those are the ways that you kind of managed your profitability so thanks for that i think this is also good insight so that was initially and you started out being profitable and stuff how did you then grow from that point onwards to become multi brand and multi platform successful i'm sure you had to grow beyond the original minimum order quantities that you placed and so on so what were some of the tactics that got you through the years profit was one of the main tactics where we were profitable and we never had to look for the funding from any venture funds or pe we didn't we never had the requirement so our profits were good enough to uh, launch new products new launch new brands launch enter into new verticals and to scale them up gradually we never believed that ek saal ho gaya ab hame 100 crore pahunch jana hai do saal ho gaya 200 crore kar dena we we were not into those kind of race to show numbers We, we wanted to do things in a better way in an organic way in a natural way where we can self do things this is interesting so essentially you're saying because you had profit you could fund your own business and because there was you didn't have any external investors there was no pressure that you have to do this doubling tripling kind of uh, yeah. game that makes the whole thing sustainable for how long have you been running the business sir it's been uh... very long journey uh, into this business field i have been working since 2007 so okay. it's been 14 15. years of 40 15 years of my work here so the journey is all i would say it's a 15 years long journey it's just not, not a short journey because if even if you have launched a brand 2 years back or 3 years back those brands have been 3 years 4 years 5 years uh, all this brand but my journey my experience my past experience my previous experience is all what taught me educated me and what the insights to do all these things okay so 15 years is quite a long time so i have two related questions on this one is how many years did it take you to reach a point where you knew that the business is going to be successful 
or how long did it take you to be confident that this is definitely working and it is going to grow into something bigger right to start something i am always confident from the beginning that doing this and this will scale up hmm. whether whether you get the success or not in the first few months but i always have this kind of confidence so would you say that maybe 6 months or 8 months or a year before the business really started churning and producing large enough numbers to kind of keep you to make it feel worth See, confidence i always have confidence in myself but to my employees my my family it takes a while to develop this kind of confidence <laughs> that's probably true okay and how did you keep motivated over 15 years of this journey and i'm sure there's a many more years to go my early retirement is the motivation <laughs> okay fair enough so would you say that you're reaching that kind of stage sometime soon where the business is at yeah. a stage where you feel like it it can actually give you enough to not have to work for money yeah just a couple of years wow that's great so i have another 14 years to go before okay. i get there as well nice good to know okay so one last question for you which is you know looking back on your 15 year journey what are the things that you might have done differently or what's some kind of advice that you like to give to aspiring entrepreneurs uh i always believe always do things differently never do things that are against your interest or where you are just showing off to others numbers never run after things always do things that you believe that can sustain and give you benefit in the longer run don't do short term things and don't look at others what they are doing whether they are spending too much on their marketing doing influencers doing celebrity see what's your pocket size what benefit you can achieve out of that always see your instant profit if you if you're not dependent on investors or funding always see your instant profit uh, you're doing from each activity okay so the roi basically of of every activity yeah. Okay. It matters because you just can't see the figures after six months or one year. Then you are under negative, and you won't be able to recover. Okay. So thanks a lot, Sahil. These were excellent insights. Where can people find out more about your business, or what's the website they could go to? Uh, my website, embroservices. dot com, and also my brand websites, maradam. dot com, selexpi. dot com, and momenwell. dot com. Okay, great. We'll put links on our website as well, yeah. like when we put up the notes. So thanks a lot Tahil these were great insights I was noting some of them down while you were speaking so let me just take a moment to summarize for our audience at least some of my takeaways I think the biggest takeaway for me or rather let's the headline takeaway is that it is possible to run a successful profitable business with a wide portfolio of products so you don't have to believe in the conventional wisdom that you need to focus on one narrow kind of thing to succeed The second takeaway for me was if you are starting out from scratch it may be a good idea to start with marketplaces or like sahil calls them now they like distributors which is true so start with those and grow to a point and then build your own presence and to be successful in these marketplaces you need to look at your listing quality like what do you look like how trustworthy are you and also it helps if you're a new player in a in a category so there's something unique about you which people will look for and then the marketplace is also like that because we have something new to offer third takeaway for me was if you're building a product deal with the best manufacturers because that's where you will get really the best quality and quality is ultimately 
one of the things that's going to help you make it in the market and it's not even as if the biggest manufacturers are not going to work with you because if you bring to them some innovative thing that you're trying to do then even the big people want to work with you because even they want to experiment and be on the cutting edge and you are helping them get there so don't worry that you're an unknown player worry more about whether you have an innovative product on the people side i think my takeaway was even if you're a small company as long as you have a learning culture and in fact because you're a small company maybe there is much more learning culture you will actually find it's possible to retain good people and to attract them because you have a much better connect with them they have the ability to grow and build a bigger scope than they would have in a larger company in terms of customers i think what sahil was saying is that you need to understand your customers and it helps a lot if you yourself are a customer because that helps you first of all figure out whether your product is doing a good job but more importantly it lets you look at things that you use which are from not made in your country or something that could have been done differently and that gives you the opportunity to innovate a new product there in terms of profitability and given that sahil has been profitable from day 1 in a physical goods business there's a lot to learn here so his points were that you need to make trade offs of course uh, particularly around marketing or things like that where you reduce your cost by putting your product somewhere where it can sell itself and maybe you have to make trade offs on the size of the order that you're going to give your manufacturer and so on but you can be profitable as long as you price your product at a level at which you will actually make money and don't worry too much about competition and how they are pricing differentiate what you are doing and therefore defend your own pricing the other thing around profits was the profits will fund your expansion and then you aren't beholden to any kind of an investor and if you're not beholden to an investor then you have a lot of flexibility you can grow at the rate that you want to you're not in a race to show any kind of vanity metrics or numbers you can just focus on running a good business the other points also i think very important one that sahil said is don't worry too much about the competition they'll do all kinds of things you do what works for you they'll do what works for them and you can be successful that way and i think a last couple of things were don't focus on doing short term things whatever it is you're doing needs to build your business in the longer run so uh, anything short termism will kind of probably just distract you from building a solid business and also do things that are instantly roi positive so it gives you some sort of a profit or value immediately versus something that will give you value one year later because you would have run out of money by then and then your business won't succeed so sahil thank you so much these were great insights yeah. i really appreciate you being here with us and for those listening to this show please do rate us five stars for this episode because at least for me it was a definitely a five star episode you can get links to all the different brands that sahil has set up on our website as well and you can find the episode summary show notes everything frankly on our website crazytalk.online and feel free to head there to brush up on things that we talked about so thank you everyone for joining us today thank you sahil uh, it was a pleasure talking to thanks, you thanks amit very nicely summarized all the points perfect one to just read all those points yeah thank you very much so we were amit and sahil with shop talk see you next time see you bye bye take care